0: welcome to the metro church podcast we hope you will be blessed by this message for more information about metro church visit our website at metrochurch.org.au i want to speak to you tonight about something that uh, i hope will help you in the world in which we live right now you'll never make sense of the old testament that was so such nice playing you guys could just can you play for the next 20 minutes while i'm Come on, yeah, come on, I'm not gonna be long. Just keep lying, you're doing great. Hi everyone online, join with us. Thank you. I read the letters to the editor in the paper almost every day. They interest me because it's a little bit of an insight into the way every man or every woman thinks. I realise it's not a survey, it's just the people interested enough to write. But one of the things that always gets my attention is when there's a little bit of a, uh, what would you say, debate about Christianity. And almost always, like there was last week, someone will reference the Old Testament. Well, if that's what God is like, that's what Christians believe. And it really reinforces to me how important it is that we understand what the Old Testament's actually about. The Old Testament is more than a history of the children of Israel. It's actually the story, the whole of it, about how God wanted a people that He could have relationship with. You can't make sense of the Old Testament without going into the New. Because the Old Testament shows us all the things that don't work the New Testament shows us God's answer. The Old Testament story is most of it about a people that are in bondage, a people that are totally under the thumb of forces outside of their control. And then God delivers them out of that place and starts to make out of this rabble because that's what they are. They've never had to govern themselves. They've never had to think for themselves. And God takes them out of that place and begins to make a nation of them. Much of the Old Testament is about building people into a a community that think the same and share values. They start to learn how to be overcomers. They fight battles. We were singing about that a bit earlier. Because they've never been overcomers. They've always been overcome. They get given some outward signs in the Old Testament of who God is and what He's like. It's almost like God was giving them pictures and saying, This represents something. I'm going to show you the reality of it later on in the New Testament. The full revelation is only going to come when Christ is revealed. The centerpiece of all of Israel's life is something called the tabernacle. It's basically a gigantic tent, but it's incredibly beautiful. This marquee is something that's a wonder and it sits right in the center of all of Israel's life. The centerpiece of it is something called the Ark of the Covenant. And by the way, that's where Indiana Jones got it from. All right, just in case you're wondering. There was a real thing called the Ark of the Covenant and it was this big. That was the size of it. It was covered over in gold. Now, I didn't have the time, but I certainly didn't have the expertise to make two golden angels that sat either end of it. They were about yay high, and they both faced, and it's interesting, the Bible says that they both looked down onto this top. The lid of it was something called the mercy seat. There was a lid because the box itself was hollow. Inside of it was the Ten Commandments, the law of God. That was all the thou shalts and all the thou shalt nots. They were put in there a little bit later on. There was also put in there Aaron's rod. It was a a stick that God caused, even though it was a dead stick, He caused it to bud miraculously. When no one else's stick produced anything, almond blossoms came on They put it inside of here. Uh, At another time, they put in some of the manna some of the heavenly food that miraculously appeared and fed three and a half million people for week after week after week. They put some of that in a container inside to remind people that God's the God of miracles. And so all of this, the entire three and a half million people were gathered around seeing this tent, this ark, and then, sorry, inside the tent was the ark with two cherubim on it. If you'd been there while they were making it, it would have looked like this. This is actually the dimensions of it, by the way. And thank you, Leo, for making it for me. Almost the Ark of the Covenant. But the thing I want to talk to you about tonight is not the Ark and not about the law inside of it. It's not about Aaron's rod or about the manna that was inside of it. I want to talk to you about what was on top of it. The very first thing you would have seen if you had approached this ark, if you could have seen it, the very first thing you would have seen would have been the angels peering down onto what? They weren't looking into the law as though that was their greatest focus was how to get you to be good, to behave yourself, how to get you to obey all of God's law. The thing that they looked onto was the lid that was literally called the mercy seat. The very first thing you would have seen was the golden top. Before you could see the law, you would have been caused to gaze at God's mercy. You have a look at that. Now the problem with this this wonderful piece of furniture, because that's what it was. The problem with this thing was really that after it was made it was put into this special section of the tabernacle called the Most Holy Place. And nobody could look at it. If you walked past, you would have seen all the curtains and the silver sockets because that's what they sat on, all around about, and it was quite a large thing and if from the, the top of it it was in the shape of a uh, the people around about it in the shape of a cross. And you would have looked around about this thing. And all you would have seen was the badger skins dyed purple on the heavy curtains. That's all you could have seen. One man was chosen, it was the high priest who at that time was Aaron. At one time of the entire year, one day a year, it was called the Day of Atonement, still celebrated by Jewish people. On that one day of the year, the high priest got to come inside the curtains. And he got to go inside the holy place. And on one day a year, the high priest got to look at the mercy of God. The people who lived outside had all the rules. They were told all those and they were common knowledge for everyone. So you've got this whole community that all they know about God is God's judgment. They know about a God who's given us laws that we have to obey and there was a whole bunch of those for all different kinds of things. Again, remembering that he's, why is he giving so many laws? Because these are people who've had none. It's been doggy dog, every man for himself. There's been no sense of values or morals amongst them. They've done whatever they felt like. And God gives them all these laws because he's going to create community out of all of these people. And so that's the way everybody else and the children of Israel, that's what they get to live with. One man, one day a year, gets to go inside of there and he gets to see the mercy of God. Exodus 25 verse 17, you'll make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two and a half cubits shall be its length. A cubit and a half is its width. You'll put two cherubim of gold hammered work You'll make them at the two ends of the mercy seat, one at one end, the other at the other end. they'll stretch out their wings above covering the mercy seat with their wings and they'll face one another. the faces of the cherubim shall be towards the mercy seat. you'll put there uh, the mercy seat on top of the ark and in the ark you'll put the testimony, that's the law that I re- referenced before. Watch this, and there I will meet with you. God and Son going to meet you when you lift the lid. God doesn't wanna meet people around about His law. He said, I'm gonna meet you around about my mercy. There I will meet you. He said, watch this, it gets better. And I will speak with you from above the mercy seat. Listen, all the attempts, I've spoken to people all the time and said I'm trying harder to be good. And I go, that's awesome. But can I say to you, God wants a relationship with you not a behavioural modification program out of you. God is not looking for people that know how to nod and bow and how to... I'm not saying that behaviour doesn't matter because of course character matters to God. He wants to make us like Christ. But He can't make you like Christ from out of the law. He says, no, He says, I'm going to meet with you around my mercy. I'm going to speak with you Around about my mercy. As I've already said, this place, one man, one time a year, gets to go in there. Everybody else outside has only got law. And I think about that, and I think how many people that I know, and in every country, I don't know how many I've been to now, but it's a lot. I've been to countries that were nominally Christian. I've been to ones that were atheist-based and I've been to ones that were other religions-based. Everywhere I've ever been, I've seen how much people are crying out for a relationship with God. I've been to places where people's level of devotion in their religion is extraordinary. They'll give up certain foods, they'll carry out certain practices, they'll do all manner of things, hoping that somehow or other, the law will get them to God. Rules will get them to God. Way back there, God said to these people, I'm hiding this away because I want you to see what life is like without relationship with me. Because there's coming somebody that's going to change all of this. Let me take you quickly to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 23 and verse 24. This is in the New Testament now, but it's talking about the Old. And it says, This is why the tabernacle and everything in it, watch this, were copies of things in heaven. If it's a copy, the thing that came first was not what the children of Israel saw, It was what existed in heaven. Think about that a minute. It means that long before Moses and uh, Bezalel, who was the artisan, made this magnificent and beautiful thing that Indiana Jones went hunting for, long before that was made, God said, this is what I've got in heaven. He said, I've got an ark of covenant that's an agreement that I'm going to make with people. But the first thing you'll see when you come to God's covenant is not the laws of God, but it's the mercy of God. He says, that's what's there. This is a copy of what is already there. It's what God sees every moment of all of eternity. God looks at His mercy and says, that's where I want to meet with you. But here's the really amazing thing. Because this ark that sat behind the heavy curtain that nobody got to look at, one man ever could come out and say to his family, because wouldn't you want to know? I know that if Aaron had been my dad, my granddad, my uncle, when he came out of that place on the Day of Atonement, I would have been saying, uncle, what's it look like? Uncle, I never saw it. I, is it just like a gold box? And he would have told you that it was a lot more than that. Because God said, that's where I'm going to meet with you. And the glory of God and the presence of God. and Oh, I wish somehow or other I could demonstrate this. When Aaron walked in there, he never saw a gold box and two angels. But what he saw was the living presence of Almighty God waiting there. And he heard the voice speak to him out of that presence. And he got wisdom out of that presence. All the amazing things that flowed out of that came to this man. But, you know, after he got in there and came out, that was the Day of Atonement. And the next day was another 364 days to wait. Or the Jewish calendar, another 359. And so they had to wait for that next moment to come. And I want to finish with this. Look at Matthew 27, verse 50 and verse 51. Jesus cried out again, he's on the cross now. And he cries out with a loud voice and he yielded up his spirit. No one killed Jesus, Jesus gave his life. I love that verse in John's Gospel where it says, and this Jesus spoke about his death, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem nobody I know accomplishes death Jesus accomplished it he said I'm doing this I'm becoming a sacrifice and I want you to see what happens next he yields up his spirit verse 51 then behold the veil the curtain that surrounded all this was torn into watch this next bit from top through the to bottom. If a human being had done it, it would say and it was torn into from the bottom to the top. But it wasn't man making a way, it was God making a way. And God reached down out of heaven and tore the veil, the curtain in half. What does that mean? It's really God saying at the death of His Son, everybody now gets to come and look into the mercy of God. Everybody now gets to come and see, before they see the law, they get to come and see God's mercy. Many people still today think that God is all about, thou shalt not, thou shalt. But God wants to give everyone a look at this at His mercy seat. One more thing I want to say. One man got to go once to the mercy seat. Only once. I don't know how often you need to go. My suspicion is that most of us need to go at least once a day. Most of us probably at least once a day are going to go, miss that. Oops. Oh God, I'm sorry about that. I love the fact that God didn't just He didn't rip the curtain and then sew it up. He didn't rip the curtain and then go, that's enough. He said, I'm ripping it permanently so that you, whoever you are, no matter who you are, you don't have to be a high priest and born into the Christian family. You don't have to be somebody that's got some genetic background that predisposes you to Christ. One of the exciting things is people that come to this church who got no background and backgrounds that are totally not Christian. Lady in here last week, hears the worship, I think, walks in off the street, sits here and then starts to weep, says to someone who she's sitting there, why am I weeping? I don't know what's going on. And if I told you her background and the, what she was raised in, you'd recognise She's got no Christian upbringing whatsoever. But what happened was she came in and she got to look into the mercy seat. She got to look into the fact that there's a God in heaven who says, I'm not here to judge you. That's not what I want you to see. I want to bring mercy to your life. So we go from one day, one man, once a year to any day. Because the mercy seat says to every single one of us, you're welcome here. The mercy seat says to everybody, you're forgiven. Can I say to you, you know, we live in a weird kind of world at the moment. We want tolerance for everybody so long as we can hate the people that don't agree with us. I've come to think a lot more over the last year or so about the reality of God's forgiveness. That's not God going, oh, well, they can't help it. It's not God turning a blind eye to your sin. It's God saying, I see it. But I built you a mercy seat. Despite your failings, despite your mistakes, despite your missteps, I built you a mercy seat. I I know so many people that go, I can't lose my past. And I say, come and look at a mercy seat. Come on, come look at a mercy seat. You say, oh, I, don't, I, I don't know how, why don't you come and look at it regularly? Stop looking at you and how many mistakes you make and how you were born like this and you can't help it and how somebody did that to you when you are a kid and now you can't help it or the government or somebody else did it and now you can't help it. come and look at a mercy seat where God goes, you know what, I want to meet you here. Oh, I love that. I love that He wants to meet me at mercy. I love that He's not trying to pretend that I'm better than I really am. I love it that He's saying, I want to meet you here. Amen. Let's pray. That is who you are. We've been singing it. That is who you are. I know that there are people and you're a part of the service. You're either in the building or you're online. You say, Jeff, oh, I so need to look into God's mercy. Oh, so so do I. I don't know where the Ark of the Covenant is now, the physical one, but I know where the original one is. It's in the presence of God. There's an enemy that wants to keep you out. He wants to build another curtain. Some of you have been told that your sin, what you did is so great, you'll never come to God. Now I want you to remember God broke a curtain so you could. He tore it in half from top through the bottom. Only God could have done that because He wanted you to see there's mercy for you. Father, I pray for people in this place tonight in this service who need Your mercy. Well, Lord, we all do. Thank You for the forgiveness of sin. Thank You, Lord, not just for the forgiveness of it, but Lord, as we look into that, we start being changed. We start becoming like the Saviour who said, come follow me. Thank You for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for anybody in this service tonight who has never said yes to Jesus. Maybe, Lord, it's because they've seen other people say they were Christians and not live it out, or maybe it's just because they never, ever heard about it. But tonight, Lord, they want to say yes to you. I pray God tonight as they do that, their heart will just open up. And they'll realise there's a God waiting to come into their life and walk with them from this day on in Jesus' name. Amen. One of our team here, they're in the service, was telling me just this morning, they said, can I tell you an amazing story? And they told me this story about someone at work. This person comes from a nation where it's not Christian at all, completely different. But this person was going through some Difficulties, And so they said to this guy at our church, they said, will you pray for me? Something about you, you know. I, I think you know God better than I do. Will you pray for me? So this guy said, sure. So they did that in the workplace. And then this guy pulls out one of these. It's a card, they're available outside. It says, say yes to Jesus. Text yes to 0488-826-392 or if you're outside of Australia or you'd rather get the help and encouragement via email, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. A couple of days later, this work colleague on a construction site comes up to this guy in our church and says, I said yes. He said, I love that stuff I get every day and has gone through the entire 30 day series and has signed up for the next 10-day one. Saying, this is amazing. I'm learning so much. I'm understanding God so much. I said my yes. I thought how great that was that Yes Text is not for a church service. You can take it wherever you are. Grab some of these. I'm getting them made a little smaller so they'll fit in your wallet or in your pocket. 488 392 yes.metrochurch.org.au and if you'll do that and say your yes there people did it this morning I know and I'll be doing it tonight as well during the week people will do it there's a lot of people come online during the week I think our, our, our people that are part of the service during the week are at least as big if not larger than the people that are actually live with us and that'd be just so awesome we'd love to encourage you love to have our team praying for you like they will In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Well, I hope that helped you. Simple message. But there's a mercy seat for you.